You're listening to RM Channel 001. Hello, this is Stormtrooper 1. In case you were just way too busy to listen to our last show, this is what you missed. Yeah, I think nostalgia, I think expectations built on nostalgia is what you're trying to say. Yeah, expectations based on nostalgia, it's like fleeting. It's like really quick. Yeah. And all of a sudden you feel empty afterwards. Yeah. I feel that we're trying to get to with Solo. With Solo, I felt like a virgin, David. I felt like it was the first time. And it hurt. It hurt. (laughs) It hurt like the first time. (laughs) But it was a good pain. It was a good pain that fizzed, as you said. It fizzed. It fizzed at the end. Yeah, so Dave, you and I are in agreement that Star Wars fatigue is, is a myth. I think it's a myth. I mean, how... (laughs) So many people try to keep keep using that on blog posts as a reason why Solo didn't hit the mark in terms of box office success. It's that the problem is expectations. The problem is expectations. It's not fatigue. It's expectations. You got... Everybody has their own movie when it comes to Star Wars in their head. I do too, but I don't allow that to dictate my feelings on the movie that I'm watching. Yeah. That's the biggest problem. So there is no such thing as Star Wars fatigue. It's called Star Wars Expectations. Expectations. Yeah. You expect something, and then when you don't get what you wanted, now it's like, oh, I'm just am tired of it. I want it to be exciting. Again. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I'm like, like, you're letting one other project affect how you feel uh, further on. Instead of actually looking at it, going, all right, they struck out once. Let's try it again. Right. Last Jedi had whiskey dick. You know, it was limp. It didn't. It wasn't erect for you. Give it a chance. All right. Give it a chance again. Let they, it wake up. They, yeah, let it wake up. Flick it. They promise <laughs> not to overdrink next time. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I don't know why people listen to us. All right. Warning <laughs> from the back to tank contains adult language and discussions. If you're easily offended, do not continue. We would be honored if you would join us. How are you feeling? Your latest workups on your condition indicate that all damage has been reversed. Recovery is total. I believe you have been quite fortunate. No further thanks are necessary, Commander, but you are most welcome. It is my function and pleasure as a matter of royal to help and heal human I am a Jedi, like my father before me. All right. Hello. Welcome to Star Wars from the Back to Tank. I am Michael Flores, the host of this show. I am skinny dipping in the Back to Tank right now. Don't judge me. Don't worry. I'm not going to stay in too long. And my balls won't shrivel. (laughs) How are you, David? How's it going, everyone? All right, so we have some things to get through. I keep thinking we're going to go on a break. I've been saying this for three weeks now. There is no break for Star Wars. No break. No break. No break. There's just so much going on. In terms of rumors, not actual confirmed news. You know, people were disappointed that the Obi-Wan, and me too, uh, allegedly that this Obi-Wan movie has been 
put on ice. Same thing with Boba Fett. But also, they've never been officially confirmed. And none of these none things. Of has been confirmed. The only movies that have been confirmed is Ryan Johnson's trilogy. I was about to say, is a dick. So stupid. And the Game of Thrones producers, their trilogy. Those are the only things that have been officially confirmed. So a lot of this is just rumor. Now, yes, a lot of this information is coming from reliable sources. And I, and I tend to, to uh, believe the rumors when it comes to those standalone films because it's it's gained a lot of traction lucasfilm has done nothing over the past several months to slow it down and maybe that's a marketing ploy maybe that's hey let's see how how much legs this can get you know let's see how fast this picks up the momentum and then maybe they say hey you know what we didn't start this rumor but we're gonna go ahead and do this movie because there seems to be a lot of excitement so that could also yeah. be the case as well who knows, who knows what's going on in the minds of hollywood execs right dave absolutely plus we don't know what's after all i mean we don't know what's now in store for star wars at this point because after han solo now we're just waiting for episode nine to happen and nothing has been said about that yeah hasn't been a lot of anything going on except just rumors um, there was this rumor. I know this isn't Star Wars related, but a lot of people, I, I feel 99.9% of Star Wars fans are also Indiana Jones fans. Yeah. There is that little bit of news that came out that, uh, Kasdan, John Kasdan, yeah, that he is going to be, I guess, rewriting the script for the new Indiana Jones movie. Uh-huh. And um, I'm okay with that. I am perfectly fine with that because he did such a really great job telling a story of, solo i think he can pull off a really good personal story of indiana jones yeah because he also you know along with howard of course and Lawrence kasdan they managed to put together uh this solo movie that that felt like and not nostalgia because i'm not a nostalgia whore but a movie that felt right that felt true to the the various inspirations of star wars and if he does the same thing with with uh solo or with um indiana jones I'm on board. I think that's what's missing out of Indiana Jones, too, is kind of like that personal treatment that basically Solo got. Yeah. Because, like, arguably now, people have stated that the last Indiana Jones film was probably, well, the worst mm. movies yeah. of all time. Well, people are also said that about Temple of Doom when Temple it came out. And Temple of Doom, you go back and watch it, and you're like, damn, this movie holds up. So, who knows? Who I, knows? I'm not going to say that. <laughs> um, the Crystal Skull didn't have its problems. It absolutely did, but I would say ninety percent of those problems r rested on the shoulders of the o the visual effects department and the, visual the, effects the people department. Yeah. Spielberg and Lucas who decided to visual effects things that just didn't need to be visual effects. And, and that's why I think that uh, Jonathan Kasdan can possibly pull pull off a really good story because if you look what he was able to tell with Solo. Right. Not using yeah. any effects. Right. Not using the flash. Yeah. Using the power of the narrative. Mm -hmm. I think he can pull off something really special. Mm -hmm. I wonder if he's single <laughs> for late for the ladies out there that may be listening. Not me, Dave. Doesn't I, say on his Wikipedia. I like women. <laughs> I like women. <laughs> so stupid. All right. So let's get into the news this week, Dave. Uh, Star Wars solo. I'm not going to use the word flop because I don't believe it's a flop. Star Wars solo lackluster box office performance. That's better, right? Yes. Because the, the, the flop word, it, it's too 
it's too synonymous with shitty movies. That's that's saying that basically Solo didn't make its money back, but it did. When I hear, well, no, come on, David, how did it make its money back? It's making money, and I think eventually yeah, it money. will, but yeah. not currently. No, it's this. It's not even close right now. But it, it will eventually because it has a lot. I think we talked about this. It's um has a much it has an extended shelf life in in a way that most movies don't. You're dealing with a franchise that's 40 years in the making. The movie in the grand scheme of things will be just fine. But going back to this, when I hear flop, Dave, I hear Waterworld. You know, I hear Battlefield Earth. Do you get what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. I don't think I don't think solo when I when I uh, hear or see the word flop. So I'm going to say lackluster box office performance. There you go. All right. So according to this article, because of the lackluster box office performance, along with the Jedi backlash, Disney. And again, please take this with a grain of salt, David. Disney to fire Kathleen Kennedy. (laughs) I'm sorry. I I just when I hear that, I just can't take it seriously. I I don't know, Dave. I don't know. There's a. There's a. You know what? The, the the businessman in me says that someone needs to fall on their sword. Fall on their sword and uh, like someone needs to take there, the blame for this, you think? There needs to be a sacrifice of some sort to appease the gods. And I'm not saying Disney hasn't had a, a huge run of success with Star Wars because they have. And that's why I think it's laughable. And we and we spoke about this a couple of weeks ago about those people that run around saying, oh, the sky is falling. The chicken littles of the world claiming the destruction of Star Wars. Star Wars is just fine financially. But if they continue to make the decisions that they are making, eventually it won't. And I don't necessarily put that on Kathleen Kennedy. I put that on various individuals. Um, Kathleen Kennedy, for the most part, I feel has done a great job. Yeah. Uh, there's a few mistakes she's made with choosing directors. She should have chosen directors that she had known could carry the weight of a movie because a lot of these these box office issues and and the budgets, the inflated budgets has to do with with reshoots. So I feel like when it comes to directors, yeah, she's making some bad calls on directors. Um, should she take the blame? I don't know. Apparently, Frank Marshall, her husband, does not agree. Frank Marshall, if you don't know who that is, is a huge, huge movie producer, a movie yeah. mogul, came up with the same crews as as his wife, uh, Spielberg, Lucas. He's part of that bunch. And uh, according to a report, and you can go find the tweet as well. Not everyone thinks that Kathleen Kennedy should be to blame. There are people that feel that Bob Iger should also be blamed. According to a report that has just surfaced, Frank Marshall liked a tweet where someone alluded to that. Where they say... The the day's world, man, when you just like a tweet. Well, you'd like it. Listen. Now, yes, he could be he's 70 some years old. He could also not know what the fuck he's doing on social media. (laughs) You know, he could also be liking tweets where people say, hey, Kathleen Kennedy should suck a big fat cock. And he's all, I like that one, too. I I don't know what I just like. I just heard you sucking cock. And I was like, yes, I like this. You're my wife and you haven't done it in years. You're very good at it. You used to be very good at it. And now you're all business and uppity. When I first met you, you were just looking for a career. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, he liked a tweet. 
eh, eh, from a from a from a tweeter, a tweeter, a tweeter, a Twitter user who wrote, your wife is getting an unfair shake by Star Wars fans. True fans know that Bob Iger is protecting his own very bad decisions by allowing her to take the heat for this. Let her know for morale. And he liked it. I obviously we can look at that and deductive reasoning. If he isn't a 71 year old man in dementia, who's shitting himself and pissing down his legs. <laughs> I doubt that. But let's say he, he doesn't have those issues. Then he's liking that because he probably feels the same way. He feels the same way. There is some type of inner turmoil going on right now. And yes, Star Wars is fine. But at the same time, the fact that Solo hasn't broke $400 million yet, that is a problem. Is Star Wars okay? Yes. But the fact that this movie only made that much money, that, that's an issue as well. And oh, it has so- to be looked at. It has to be looked at. And now I brought up last week about Captain America and Iron Man and their box office tallies and how they're very equivalent, even with inflation, as to the, the same amount of money that Solo made. And that stands, and I stand by that, and that remains true. Go look it up. Go to boxofficemojo.com. Go to uh, dollar, U.S. dollar inflation, and you can figure out all that stuff on your own. The problem, though, is the reshoots. And I start dissecting the issues. And the farther you go in, you realize that the reason why this movie is taking such a big hit is because of the inflated budget due to reshoots. And it's the same problems that inflicted Rogue One. The only problem, the only difference is, is Rogue One didn't have that backlash yet or even the the fake Star Wars fatigue that everyone says they have. The anger hasn't set in yet, didn't set in at that point. And Rogue One did fairly well at the box office. So you didn't have these types of issues. No one had to fall down on their sword. Now there's a lot of internal talk within Hollywood saying that someone's got to someone's got to take the fall for this. And it's not going to be Ron Howard. Because he direct, no. he just he's a paid employee. He I'm did his you, job. The, the 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 people that should fall on the sword but refuse to fall on the sword are the directors they bring in. It's honestly them. I mean, well, Chris the end, Miller and Phil Lord. What more? Much more do you want from them? They're they're directing MTV TV shows. <laughs> D- David, come on, have a heart, David. No, no, there is no heart. <laughs> I have no heart for them. Have a heart, David. <laughs> I mean, like people. Uh, People that basically that should actually face, you know, the guillotine is the the past directors that failed. I mean, to some degree, if you want to blame on Rogue One, who uh, Gareth Edwards did an okay job, but obviously it wasn't good enough because they had to bring in someone to do reshoots. At the end of right. the day, that falls on the director. That should. And who hired the director? Yeah. So obviously Ron Howard isn't in that category because he got chosen and he fixed the movie and got it out there in time, despite the fact that they wanted to postpone, allegedly, according to rumors, that he, along with various other individuals within Lucasfilm, wanted to push the movie back to the December release that they've been doing for Star Wars films. So Ron Howard got the movie out, put together a decent movie, but also... You got to start looking at some of the bad decisions made again, not in terms of story, but in terms of uh, behind the scenes, behind the scenes. Yeah. So you're going to see some changes. I'm not I'm not going to subscribe to the thinking that uh, the mob mentality that is Kathleen Kennedy's fault. Yeah. And I'm also not going to subscribe to the mob mentality that Bob Iger is to blame. It, it, there were some few decisions made internally that uh, needs to be assessed and, and they'll figure it out from there. I, but, again, I still stand by the fact that Star Wars is uh, is OK. Star Wars is OK and Star Wars is fine. It's just basically there's. 
lately there's been a lot of decisions that basically does leave your head scratching. And leave your head itching, you mean. Or, hey, what is it with you this this, this what, month? What was I mean, it the last, one I messed up last time? Dream, dream, dream pipe, pipe, I think. Dream pipe. I think I have Tony-itis because Tony's the one that actually... Leave your head scratching. <laughs> but it... it <laughs> there's decisions that are made there are decisions that are made that you just have to question it's unfair <laughs> thank you thank you ryan johnson <laughs> all right so the next bit of news here that we're going to get into dave uh, obi-wan allegedly is coming back again rumor take it as a grain of salt there is no confirmation episode nine might bring back ewan mcgregor's obi-wan kenobi i don't think anybody has a problem with this uh, right does anybody? Do you have a problem with Obi Wan coming back? I do not have any problem coming him coming back. It's how does he come back? Right, and also how will it be executed? There you go. What will his purpose be, and why? There's got to be a why because you know, and we're going to get into this a bit later. But Ryan Johnson said something on Twitter a couple days ago that I agree with. Um, the guy's reasoning is sound. He doesn't understand, it seems like, some of the issues that we have with Last Jedi, but his his reasoning is sound as to why he made certain decisions. And some of it was, you know, trying to evade the feeling that everything's a homage rather than an original movie. And that's why he made some of those choices. And we're going to get into that in a moment. And But before, I want to use that as a way to talk about this Obi-Wan news, because, yes, Obi-Wan should come back. Absolutely. Yes. Especially when we realize what J.J. Abrams did, where uh, Obi-Wan's numerous iterations of Obi-Wan, in fact, they hired Ewan McGregor to come in to do additional voiceover work for Force Awakens, all when Rey touched that lightsaber. Why do you do that unless there was an original intention to make Obi-Wan's importance come through? You don't do that, Dave. You don't, you don't do that. You don't put Obi-Wan's voice Alec Guinness, Ewan McGregor, and I believe the one from Clone Wars as well, I think. Yes. Was it? Yeah. Uh, is it? Uh, it doesn't matter the name, but, but yeah. I, I believe it was various iterations of Obi-Wan's voice. And you, if you guys have not heard that, if you're a new listener and for some reason you didn't know about this, put on Force Awakens and put on the closed captioning and you see everything they say. Obi-Wan was meant to have some purpose in all this. So if they bring him back, they got to connect that, especially if they want to, if they hope to rescue Force Awakens, because we already know Last Jedi kind of, kind of made Force Awakens kind of trivial in some way. That was my, one of my issues with Last Jedi. Yeah. A lot of the things they seem to have set up in Force Awakens, Ryan John just came in like a, a bull in a china shop and just knocked it all down, which is his prerogative. He was allowed to do that and kind of reset the board. And now JJ's left scrambling, wondering what he's going to do for episode nine. And I'm willing to bet that he's going to bring back that importance that he had started in Force Awakens. And it makes sense. It has to. It has to. Because that, that was the, you don't go into that great of a detail without a reason. There has to be a reason behind it. Why was the lightsaber calling to her? Why was it Obi-Wan's voice? Why does Yoda know of her? Why does Yoda's voice talk to her? Why does Yoda know the girl Ray? Why does he fucking care in the grand scheme of things when there's been in the 900 years he's lived, he's known thousands, thousands and of thousands Jedi. of Jedi. But they, this one person means that much. Right. So they got to bring that importance home. And if they need to do that by way of Obi-Wan, I am on board with that. 100%. I think it'd be great. Uh, the only problem is, is um, continuity of Alec Guinness and... Uh, 
he died looking like Alec Guinness. <laughs> yeah. That, <laughs> and we don't want an Anakin maneuver where we had Hayden Christensen, which I'm one of those fans who I'm okay with the special edition. I don't feel like they needed to be messed with the original trilogy. However, I don't hate on them. Uh, and I like the Hayden Christian idea back in the day when they did it. But fast forward to years later and I look back, and I'm like, yeah, that doesn't really make sense. Uh, he died uh, an old man. Mm, so what happened there? If they all become younger, then Yoda should have been younger. Then Yoda should have been yeah. younger. So it, it does bring up some questions there. And I'm sure they can age him to make him look pretty damn good. They've done uh, what's those uh, morphs. Uh, yeah, the some artists have morphs. Yeah. And it looks pretty damn good. You can see that blend between uh, Ewan McGregor and Alec Guinness. Alec Guinness. And it looks good for the most part. This now bleeds into our next bit of Obi-Wan news, Dave, and I don't know how I feel about this, so I'm going to rely on you. I don't want to be a troll. Okay. I need to get your thoughts on this because I don't know how I feel about this. Okay. Are we really ready for Star Wars to become a Walmart bottom bin, you know, $10 bin with the bargain bin? That's what it's called, right? Yeah, bargain bin. The Walmart bargain bin. Do we really want Star Wars to start releasing bargain bin movies? Because essentially, in my opinion, if they do this, this is what Star Wars will become. Okay. There's a rumor that the Obi-Wan movie, the standalone movie, could be saved for Disney's streaming service. Okay. Now, it, now if, for people that don't know, Dave, and you are aware of this, I'm about the Disney streaming service, obviously, they're going to be launching this very soon. And they're going to use various Star Wars TV shows along with some Marvel content to help launch this service so that people want to subscribe to yet another fucking service, right? Yes. Another service we have to pay for. And in order for people to justify that in their budgets, not a lot of people have disposable income. You're going to have to give us something. That's what Netflix did. That's why Netflix got sent over the edge because they were no longer offering, you know, um, episodes of Columbo and Matlock and old ass Shows, shows that you can watch anywhere they moved into original programming and when they did that it changed everything for them and then since then many other outlets hulu amazon amazon uh, they've all moved into the original programming and they've launched successful networks because of that disney is hoping to do the same thing and the rumor is is that Obi-Wan's movie will be coming will debut and premiere on the streaming service exclusively now, is this a dangerous path to go down for Star Wars? I'm going to be on the side that basically this is not a dangerous path because you have to look at the trends. Look at look at look at the success of Netflix originals. Look at the success of Amazon originals. Some of that content that they come out has helped those streaming services like thrive, right? So, if they it, the the biggest question is will it will it be worth the Obi-Wan film will it be worth actually buying the buying the streaming service they have to make it worth it it's kind of like uh but you don't think the TV shows they have planned the F John Favreau is uh, going to be the showrunner executive producer of of the new live action TV show that was announced but you can't just rely on that you have to add more i mean it it's kind of like when I first uh, got Amazon, when I first uh, I actually started the Amazon streaming service maybe about like two three years ago. Right. The reason I started it was because of one series, which was Grand Tour. But ever since then, now I carry Amazon because of the original uh, original content, like Man on High Castle. Yeah. Freaking fantastic. And Ten Star with Tim Roth. Yeah, and, and like 
all the other services, the tick, the show, the tick is actually really good. And I like it. I like it. That's another subject for another day. (laughs) But with the Disney streaming service, you have to agree. When we first heard of the Disney streaming service, my main concern was, do they have enough content? Right. Because if they don't have enough content, what the hell is the point? Well, of it's also their it library. Their Disney library will be on there. All their hundreds of thousands of TV shows they own, movies, they have plenty of content. But again, they don't also don't want to run the risk of being what Netflix was years ago and and offer just a bunch of reruns that no yeah, one really gives a shit about. Exactly. No one cares about the, the 1960s version of Mary fucking Poppins. Poppins. <laughs> and like, that's why I said is like, when I when you first told me this and I first heard about this from you, yeah, I actually had to think about it. And at first, I was like you, I was going, oh my god, they're gonna they're gonna ruin it because like, does that mean that every single Star Wars film from here on out that gets released on the streaming service is gonna be like a bad B movie? Yeah, I, no, I don't think they're gonna be bad. I, I'm I'm certain they'll be just as good as the movies we get in the theater. They're not gonna just start, you know, squatting and and pooping out turds just for the fuck of it. Yeah. That, that that would definitely spell doom and gloom. But I also have to look at what the what the lords of cinema have said in years past. George Lucas, James Cameron, Christopher Nolan, he more he's more of the newer bunch. Dude, they would they I guarantee you they would not be cool with this idea. Spielberg no. They're all about their movies having the best sound, the best picture. George Lucas has said, if you don't have the right theater screen in your theater, you will not get my movie. If you do not upgrade to the new audio systems, you will not get my movie in your theater because I want you to watch it with the sound that it was intended to at least the first time. Absolutely. But the thing is, dude. That crowd, and believe me, I'm with, I'm in that group as well. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm part of that filmmaking community that's basically, no, I have to see the movie in a I theater. I need it. I need it. But the realist in me looks at it and basically says, the, the times are changing when it comes to film now. Because, like, I always, I, I never thought that basically the original contact would be so good as it is now, like, movie-wise. Right. And... The one time that it actually sold me that basically, yes, this is probably our future, mm-hmm. that basically the going to the theaters is going to be like a niche thing, Right. was, as funny as it sounds, when the Cloverfield movie got released by Netflix, just randomly. Yeah. Poof. They just said, here it is. Go it, see it, it right now. It was also a random turd as well. <laughs> but the thing was, look how, look how successful it was right away. As soon as it hit... Everybody under the sun was streaming. It I like know. Crazy. You you have valid points, Dave. And you know, looking at this from a business standpoint, and business not, standpoint, right man. now I'm looking at it from a fan standpoint, and I think it's just talk about lackluster, dude. Like, hey guys, new Star Wars will be coming out on Netflix. Netflix. Yeah. And when you hear that, it's like, uh, yeah, I don't know how I feel about that. And maybe that's me completely contradicting what I said last week about Thomas Cowley and how he couldn't get on board because of Star Wars. Um, what's it? What I was saying? Star Wars uh, fatigue. Fatigue. That to me would elicit zero excitement. Honestly, I'd be like, oh, well, I guess I'll watch it tonight or maybe I'll watch it tomorrow or maybe I'll watch it next week. It ruins that. It, it ruins it for us for that specialness. Yes. So as a Star Wars fan boy, I don't like that idea. Now, from a business standpoint, you got to remember movie studios. 
they don't give a fuck about us. They, yeah. Once you're past the age of 30, nothing is really marketed <laughs> towards you. you unless it's a new fresh bottle of Insure. Or, you know, man diapers. So when you get old, <laughs> nothing is really marketed towards older people once they pass 30. Mobile media and streaming, that's the way of the future. So for them to want to get into that arena more and start producing original content, even Star Wars movies direct to their streaming service, it d- makes perfect sense, not just for the future, but also because of the demographic and how most yeah. people now are watching things on their phones and their mobile devices. In fact, most people aren't even watching TV at night anymore. They're they're on their phones, either streaming short form content or just randomly obsessively scrolling through Facebook because they're in some type of weird hypnosis. Yeah, exactly. And that's the it's it's the new age we're in, man. I yeah. mean, it's the streaming service is the way to go. I mean, you can look at all the trends and we've discussed this in the past about like the effects of streaming service especially when it came to like rebels and clone wars going onto streaming service the effect it had on theater the theater business right theater business is down by a lot the most of the, I, I know and that's another thing dave and, and that's why i agree with you from the business side the business side it makes sense if they can't guarantee because first off they make they save a lot of money in advertisement and 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 prints they're still yep. at print cost believe it or not it's not nearly as high as it used to be when movies were um, sent out via 35 millimeter print, but there's still, you know, there's still print costs. There's still distribution costs. And if you cut out the middleman, even when it comes to the exhibitor themselves, the theatrical chains, you save millions and millions of dollars. And this can help d- issues like we had with the solo movie. Yeah. So it does make sense. And me running my own network, I can see that this rumor out of all of them that we've talked about so far makes a lot of sense. It makes a lot of sense. Especially take into account the the now the question mark of box office returns for Star Wars. Like, well, now we used to think we can do whatever the fuck we want. We used to think that we used to think that um, we can put out a movie and it's just going to make billions of dollars within a month between worldwide and and you know worldwide box office now those days are over and well at least it seems like and a lot of studios as well are thinking that because there's now a movie that is going to be directly competing with episode nine dave yes i forgot what the name of the movie was it's a big one i have it uh right in front of me okay what is it uh oh shoot i lost it what Jesus, Dave. You know what? Let's go to a very quick break, and then when we get back, yeah, we'll get into it. that topic. And I want to continue that discussion, Dave. About there's blood in the water. There is blood in the water, and the sharks are now going to come for Star Wars. And we'll be right back. We're back to tank is coming right up. running scams on the street since I was 10. I was kicked out of the flight academy for having a mind of my own. I'm going to be a pilot. Best in the galaxy. Hey, kid. I'm putting together a crew. 
You in? That's yes. The Rain Man Show. The Rain Man Show. Please, uh, Lauren, we got a gem something. from Florida. Uh, okay. Pensacola woman mistakes 37 week pregnancy for bad Chinese food. <laughs> what? <laughs> she was actually 37 weeks pregnant. She was on the verge of giving birth to her second son. She's already been pregnant before. You Dude, this idiot. is like, how were you drunk the entire pregnancy before this? Probably. So, uh, she called off work at 5 a.m. and an hour later, as the pain worsened, she woke her fiance up because they needed to call an ambulance. The stomach, the stomach pains were excruciating and I could hardly move. I think it was about 6.30 a.m. Wake when- up! This goddamn orange chicken's ripping a hole in me! Hold on, wake up, Jen! Wake up! Oh my god, I ate too much at the local Chinese buffet! I told you too much of that moose shoe pork was gonna do this! Oh, please! I, I need to go with the emergency room! Oh, please! One time! It escalated so quickly that I was having contractions and we figured out kind of what was going on because at first we really didn't know what was going on. But there was a doctor that... She said it was possible for a woman to learn of her pregnancy just hours before going into labor, but in her 20 years of practice, she's only witnessed it three times. Oh, please. Something's happened to my, my bowels. My bowels? You gotta take me to the emergency room, Jethro, please. I don't know what's happening. Oh, God. All right. Golly, get, please, get in the goddamn please, airboat. Please. We'll drive on down to the There's local. For some reason, the Chinese buffet's coming out of my pussy. I don't know why. <laughs> Star Wars from the back to tank. Uh, become pregnant with uh, Anakin, and the the mother basically makes the comment, it, "She doesn't know." I touched myself once with a, with an old lightsaber I found. <laughs> it's how did you become pregnant? Well, I, I found an old lightsaber and I played. I rubbed it on myself and poof. I was pregnant. <laughs> Listen to the Star Wars from the Back to Tank late night replay Monday through Friday, starting at 1 a.m. Pacific, only on Rain Man Channel 001. Listen from the Rain Man digital app or tune in. Just search RN Channel 001. Dave, now we got our shit together, right? Absolutely. During the break. Okay. So we're going to get into that in a second with the uh, blood in the water. But first, Dave, we're going to be doing a few things different moving into July. Usually we make changes on the show at the start of the year. But I figured, hey, let's make some changes. Now, I like what we do. We're not going to change our flow, Dave. Am I getting fired? Yes, you're fired. See you later. (laughs) Go uh, into the same alley that Chris Miller and Phil Lord is in Aww. and start sucking dick. <laughs> I have to do an MTV show. That's horrible. This is your music. You'll be dancing at the gay strip club. <laughs> Trying to earn money. <laughs> Dave, you're all bouncing your ass around. 
since you brought it up <laughs> okay so man i'm out of breath from dancing man i gotta do some cardio <laughs> i definitely could not dance on that stripper pole at all i'd be like oh you're not you're not oh, as young as you used to be like am i am i still sexy give me some tips, <laughs> give me some tips. <laughs> um all right so let me get back on track here making some changes dave just adding some more content, more things to create some excitement on our show. Our show has grown a lot in the last two years. It's and I can't be happy. It's uh, fantastic. I love looking at our numbers. I love seeing the interaction, but I want to get some more, some more interaction with our listeners uh, because I want the talking. I want our numbers. Our interaction, I should say, I want our interaction to reflect the amount of downloads that we have. And in order to get people kind of talking and more vocal, uh, I'm going to start some things, some giveaways that we're going to be doing each and every show starting in July. Every live show we do, we're going to be swag. Yeah, dude. So Fridays at 11 a.m. will be our standard day from now on. Dave, does that work with you? Yeah, that works for me. Okay. Fridays, 11 a.m. Pacific time. Will be our official live broadcast for star wars from the back to take unless we take a week off which it looks like we're never going to take a week off so starting in july 11 a.m if you listen live you're going to have the opportunity to call into our show and win a giveaway every single every single show that's a lot yeah (laughs) now if i start running out of money then i'm probably just gonna throw the entire bob Iger is probably gonna (laughs) ask me to throw myself on my sword when we start losing so much money (laughs) I want to do that I'm also going to have a a monthly prize as well so for the amount of people I'm going to look at the amount of people that tweet with us retweet and like things and every time someone retweets their name gets thrown into a hat it'll be a fake hat it's probably gonna be more like a shoebox okay and let's say Dave let's say you Dave let's say you retweet yeah I'm I'm just using you as an example Dave don't try to win free shit okay (laughs) um Let's say you retweet this show twice and you retweet another show three times, then that's going to be five times your name has been entered. And if you're trolling us all the time in a good way and you favorite and retweet all of our broadcasts 15, 20 times throughout the month, then your name gets put into that hat continually for free swag. And it's everybody. So I every day at the end of the day, I'm going to look at anyone who's retweeted and liked our actual shows, whether it's on demand tweet that we did about our show or a fave or a, a live show. And at the end of the month, we'll draw all those names out and pick the one that comes out and they'll win uh, some Star Wars prizes. It may be a specialty black series Star Wars figure. It may be a collection of uh, solo top cards. It, it, the sky's the, the limit. sky's the limit, Dave. The sky's the limit. And we're going to start that July 1. So even if we aren't live, but you see a show tweet that goes out, like it, retweet it, and you could win Star Wars stuff. No questions asked, right, Dave? No questions. At least not here. Yeah. Um, also, we have a few other changes we're going to be doing. We're going to move away from news exclusive shows. 
Uh, not all the time. This is always going to be our format. It's tried and true. It works. People like the discussion. People like the speculation. But we may do a few um, Patreon-style shows from time to time uh, for the free listeners as well. It may be a comic book. Maybe, uh, maybe not a book because that takes a lot of effort, and we like to put that out for our Patreon people. And, dude, there's so much details in the books. Yeah, yeah. So we have to keep that for Patreon. In fact, if you want more content that relates to the books and, and, and a lot of comic book reviews, go to our Patreon, patreon.com slash Digital. So we're going to be adding things. Just kind of shake it up. We're also going to bring in another co-host to the show that will probably be tacked on at the end of our broadcast where we usually talk about video games. And he will be um, our video game affiliate, I guess he will come into the show and update us on video games. Since Dave is kind of a one-sided conversation right now, because you're, you're the video game guy. So I figured, Hey, you know what? Let's bring him on as well and get the three of us talking about the latest, um, updates to ongoing mobile games or even new video games that are coming out. And that's just the start. We're going to add more things that he can bring to the table as a, as an outside contributor. So it'll be kind of fun, right? Oh yeah, absolutely. Okay. I don't More censure. The yeah, there we go. That's the excitement I was looking for, David. Please get, help me out here. <laughs> I heard crickets. Sorry, I, I just had a flashback of you know past past the uh, host that we've had. Well, I I don't want to change this show up because I and I don't want to add a permanent host, like meaning the entire show because I like our chemistry and I feel like we have a good thing going. And I, why change that up at this point? But bringing someone on the last 10, 15 minutes. Uh, and maybe him and I will do Patreon stuff together as well. Just him and I for video game It'd stuff. Be a nice change up. I, yeah, why not? Right? Yeah. Don't worry, you're not getting fired. <laughs> I'm not bringing. I'm not bring, This character I'm bringing on is not Tony Gilroy, and you're not Gareth Edwards. I'm so not don't Gary worry. Edwards? Okay. Yeah. As long, as long as I'm not Phil Lord and Chris Miller, we're fine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Dave. So we have this topic we were discussing before break, and it was um had to do with the. Uh, smelling blood in the water right yeah it's a it, it's a doozy dude i mean uh, i know at first you were thinking that basically you weren't sure how my stance on it would be the same as yours but the whole the whole idea of star wars going streaming well, leads to something like this right and this particular topic dave lends credence to that like maybe this is what they need to do if they if they're hoping to put out as many movies as they want and bring back the amount of money you know the return on investment then they're going to have to think because solo and the, and the last Jedi backlash has created a chink in the armor. Yeah. Think about it, dude. I mean, and I'm not talking again, I'm not spelling doom and gloom that star Wars is over. I'm saying that other studios are now becoming ballsy Dave because Jumanji three gives no fucks. (laughs) Jumanji three will come out the week before they have no fear. Episode nine. If Solo had been a huge box office success, you would see this, nobody. This would not have happened. Yeah. This would not have happened. Would there be counter programming? Absolutely, but something more small scale. Yes. Nothing like this. And even even on the day that it gets released, there's two major movies that come out. One is the sequel to uh Murder on the Orient Express, Death on the Nile. And then the other is the the musical The Wicked, yeah. which has been a lot of the a lot of musical fans have been waiting for the movie of that one, the yeah, movie adaptation of it. Yeah. So the studios, as I was saying, are preparing for war. Before they're like, "Hey, look, this is a war we can't win. We can't go after the empire. We can't do this. We're just lowly 
moisture farmers compared to Star Wars. They're the empire. Now they have created a resistance. They, they blew up their first Death Star. They blew up the first Death Star, Dave, which was Solo. Yes. Solo was the first Death and Star. And now Lucasfilm has shown some weakness. And now the studios are, gonna, are priming for attack. Jumanji 3 is coming out a week, week before, before episode nine, dude. And that that's going to that's going to be interesting to see how that affects episode nine. And just like we said, Jumanji three does not give a fuck. It's going against Star Wars three. Yeah. And, and listen, I know there's been other big movies that have come out throughout the years along Star Wars, uh, but not in this new era. It just wouldn't happen. It hasn't happened. They have done smaller, low budget counter programming, which is what all studios and TV networks do. Nothing like this. Nothing like with the amount of the, the, the star power and big budget that Jumanji 3 is going to have. Yeah. And so like, Star Wars look into release Obi-Wan on a streaming service. Again, from a business standpoint, if this is true, uh, it begins to make more and more sense. Because as a business, as a business, especially in the movie business, dude, both me and you both know studios have to adapt or they will die. Right. They will get bought up. Look at Fox Studios. Fox oh, Studios. Damn, look at them. Fox Studios got bought up by everybody. And now like it's pretty much non existent. Why? Because Fox Studios didn't come with uh one of those didn't evolve. Didn't evolve. They didn't adapt to the times. Yeah. So they, what happens? They just get bought up by bigger, bigger conglomerates. Yep. Same thing might happen to Star Wars. And I've been I've been thinking about it, especially during the break. If you I know a lot of people kind of like roll their eyes at the Marvel product, but that is what I think is the future of big gigantic franchises because look at what Marvel does. They do the streaming service. They do TV. They do movies. They release everything. And now I don't want Star Wars to become that. I don't, I really don't. I don't mind them doing TV shows. I don't mind them putting out a movie once a year, but I don't know if I want them to become exactly like Marvel. I think the, I think their method is tried and true. I think it works. Meaning they're, connected universe and how they've been releasing their strategies have worked great and if lucasfilm borrows from that idea but kind of makes it fit star wars i think that's a i think that's a plan that could work but i don't know if i want 15 tv shows i think that's oversaturation and then you're going to start having a lot of subpar you know ewok movie and that's why that's why i think (laughs) type things that's why i think that this, this first phase of let's call it the first phase phase of star wars this has been an experiment time for them. They wanted to actually see if they can actually do something that could go from TV, film, streaming service. If you notice, we've all, all of us have been saying, like, why aren't they taking more risk? Why aren't they taking more risk? Blah, 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 blah. They're taking their time and experimenting and actually seeing what works. Look, look what they did with the animations for Clone Wars and Rebels. Yeah. That was their first start. Yeah. And it was good. And they brand, they're starting to kind of like slowly branch out into their comics. Okay, we'll introduce this stuff. Yeah. Into the books. The films is now where they have to adapt. That's why during the break when we were trying to find the information, I I really thought about it. I'm like going, why in the world would other movies decide to go against Star Wars? It's like going against Marvel. Like no one would want to release on Avengers Infinity War. Dude, I'm telling you, it's just because of what has happened recently. Yeah. They're not not scared like they used to be. 
they're not scared. Star Wars is is still a growing big franchise. It's trying to adapt still. And you're going to see studios go after them because they want to be on top. This isn't a friendly business. The, it's not. The, the movie business is evil. If you oh. don't believe me, Mario Puzo's idea and Francis Ford Coppola's idea for The Godfather was not the Italian mafia. Do you know what industry the inspiration was for the Godfather trilogy? Hollywood. Yep. Hollywood was their inspiration for the Godfather. It isn't a good business. Believe me. It w- it's not a good business when you start getting into the corporate arena and yeah. the film industry. It's cutthroat. Yeah. All right. So let's talk about this Twitter uh, battle that Ryan Johnson. I mean, this guy, <laughs> he doesn't know where to stop. <laughs> I don't know if I should admire him or pity him. <laughs> I pity him now because I'm not saying I don't agree. I agree with some of the things he's tweeting, but this guy tweets with people and justifies Last Jedi. And he's got to walk away. Every artist, Dave, and most artists, I shouldn't say every, but most artists will never justify their work. No. You, ne- you will, accept it as, it as it is and you move on. David Lynch does not justify his work. Tarantino does not justify his work. If you don't like it, go fuck yourself. They don't say that, (laughs) but they don't sit there and try to explain what you were trying to do. Ryan Johnson keeps interacting with trolls. Does he not realize, number one, trolls will never be convinced. You cannot convince trolls. If you're looking to have good conversation, then why not, right? Ron Howard's been doing that for Solo, not arguing with anybody. He's having good conversation. And you notice that even trolls that talk to Ron Howard, it doesn't seem to bother him. No. Ryan Johnson is responding to trolls and he's not going to convince them. There's nothing he can do to convince these people. Um, He says something, though, that I actually agree with that I want to discuss. And he replies to somebody's comment that's it's kind of not important. This is what he writes. For me, The Last Jedi 100% distills what the spirit and heart of Star Wars has been in my life. And he's all, but yes, it is personal. It's a certain point of view, and it has to be. The originals were personal for George Lucas. That's why they're alive. Star Wars films will truly betray the heart and spirit of the originals if they lose that and become soulless, clean homages. But being alive means being messy, and it means every film won't line up exactly with what every fan is expecting or wants. I'm sorry The Last Jedi didn't line up with your own certain point of view. Really, honestly, honestly, I am. Uh, Ryan Johnson just find a gun emoji and like shoot people. <laughs> that, shoot people. David, that would be my response. If I had trolls, I would respond. I'd play. I'd, play, I'd fuck with them. And I'd, I'd just do a little gun emoji or a gun gif. Like I'm going to shoot them <laughs> and probably be sued, but fuck it. I'm Ryan Johnson at this point, right? And I make millions of dollars making this movie. Um, But the part that I like is the idea that he needs to make his own movie. He's right. Yes. He cannot, he cannot try to make a movie built on nostalgia. Force Awakens did this and it worked because it was the new era of Star Wars. This was their launching point. This was starting a new era of Star Wars, and they found a clever way to capture the Star Wars magic for new audiences. And the parallel between Rey and Finn 
with with uh with Harrison Ford him being the old school them being the new and meshing them together to explain Star Wars to the new generation because again there are millions of people who went to go see Force Awakens who never saw the original yep. who never saw the prequels because marketing is geared towards younger people people so in order to do that they needed to start fresh and they needed to find a clever way to reintroduce the idea of Star Wars, the concepts that Star Wars has, including the Force and various other archetypes. That's why Force Awakens worked. But after that, we needed something different, right? Completely different and not rely on the old. There are some things that I strongly believe that Ryan Johnson should have carried over, like the presence of Vader and the influence that it had over Kylo, uh, the importance of Snoke's character and what it meant for Kylo's development as a person. But outside of that, the story should have been different and the fact that he took it down his own route is a good thing we don't want these to become schlocky fan films we don't want this to become a person remembering the good old days i i agree with i agree with you to a certain degree they can't they can't be homages they can't they can't be homages but my main stance is yes you wanted to make your own star wars film okay but one second before you continue that, Dave, okay. one second. I'm sorry to interrupt you so rudely. And I know this is blasphemy among Star Wars fans, but look at Star Trek. The problem Star Trek's in right now is because they're stuck with homages. Homages. They're yes. stuck on Captain Kirk and they can't fucking move forward. The entire franchise relies on the shoulders of a couple characters and it's out now, currently, not Next Generation, not these other TV shows that, that came out in the 90s, but currently where they're at, Star Trek can't move forward. That was Tarantino's whole thing. That's why he pitched a different idea and got hired by J.J. to make the next Star Trek movie, because he said this. He said, we are stuck on Captain Kirk. The franchise cannot move past this era in Star Trek because of what was built on Kirk. We need to find something new that people can latch on. And if we're not careful, Star Wars could do that as well. And in the end, that will be the end of Star Wars. And I'm not talking about not going back to Luke. I'm not talking about dealing with Han Solo. I'm talking about always clinging to something from the originals. You can still stay true to Star Wars and the themes of Star Wars and the archetypes and, and the things that define Star Wars as a, as a genre. But you can also move forward and not make your film feel like you're constantly hearkening back. Yeah, I, I agree with it. To a degree, however, the only caveat to it that I that I disagree with his statement is the fact that, yes, you don't want to pay homages, but you were dealing with a Star Wars movie that came after another Star Wars movie that had a uh, had a story that was being told. It's part eight, part eight of nine. If you if you it's like saying, OK, I'm going to take this book of a 10 book. Right. And the eighth book okay. of the whole thing is going to be completely okay. different. You're dealing with the problem with the writing. Yes. Not decisions he's made. Yes, there's obvious. And this is what we've always said about Last Jedi, because I do like Last Jedi. But the problem always comes down to script. There were things that were forgotten. I'm not talking about. I'm not talking about his bad writing choices. I'm talking about 
the the, the era, the aura of nostalgia that a lot of people wanted. Them oh, saying, okay. why didn't you do this? Why didn't you do this with Luke? Luke was this way. Talking about when it comes to Luke and those decisions. Not talking about the fact that he completely bypassed the Knights of Ren, Kylo Ren, Snoke, and the things that obviously Force Awakens had set up. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about the tone of the movie and trying to be something different. Yes. If that makes sense. Yeah. that That's why I say I agree with you to a certain degree. In that retrospect, yes, of course. Doing something like that is fantastic. Because I get your point as well. Like, yeah, uh, Ryan Johnson's movie made a lot of people mad. And I, I still believe to this day, and I can't believe we're having this fucking conversation six months later after the movie came out. But Because it's that polarizing. I, you know, I, I feel like people don't understand sometimes what the problem is. Yes. For example, the story is the problem. The, the story script, is the problem. The script, the way it was written, the formatting, it, it was very jarring. It was a it was a bad written movie. So because certain people can't figure it out, what's wrong with it? They'll latch on to the, they find the most they detail. find the obvious things like problems with Luke Skywalker, problems with SJW things, and then they latch on to that. Yeah. But the, the problem comes down one hundred percent to the writing. To the writing. It's, and this it's is what I'm telling writing, you right man. now, Dave. Ryan, Ryan Johnson won't be writing the next movie by himself. He won't. There's just I, no way. I hope. I hope not. I hope not. I understand that that he is signed to do three other uh, a brand new trilogy and everything. Mm-hmm. But for God's sakes, do not let him write. Yes. All right. So that being said, Last Jedi had tons of cool things in it. You know, I just got to say that yeah. not to piss people off the Last Jedi lovers because I do appreciate the movie for the most part. Lots of beautiful things in that movie, mostly cinematography. And uh, and Kylo Ren. Kylo Ren's great. And his bare chest, right? <laughs> his bare chest. All right. So last but last. Blah, 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 blah. Before we close out today's show, Dave, we did have some other topics that we've ran out of time. We're already closing in on an hour and five minutes of today's broadcast. Don't forget Patreon discussions, Dave. People want more from us, more discussions on books, comic books, uh, additional Topics discussed, breakdowns, dissections. Please head over to patreon.com slash Digital and pledge $5 or more a month. If you pledge $5, at least $5, you gain access to all of this additional Star Wars content, including hours of additional shows that we do on this network. Not just you and I, Dave, of course, but other hosts as well that do other things, DC comic related stuff, uh, Star Trek shows different things so please help us out help us keep the lights on in the studio we're not we're not broadcasting in the basements in our mother's home we're, this is a this is a real network we need our we have answers when david come on why'd you have to say that <laughs> that was a secret we were gonna do that without people knowing <laughs> so dumb all right so we must end today's broadcast thank you david thank you may the force be with us hello this is stormtrooper one and if you've missed any portion of the show, you can always head over to FromTheBackToTank.com and uh, listen to the show at your leisure. Uh, we're also on Stitcher, Smart Radio, Stitcher.com, search BACTA, and add us to your favorites. Thank you. And uh, listen responsibly. And may the Force be with you. And long live... <laughs> From the Back to Take. And From the Back to Take is executive produced by Michael Flores and Dustin Lucas. Hosted by Michael Flores, David Zabal. You can find out more about our show by going to www.fromthebacktotake.com. You can also find us on Twitter at From Back to Take. 
as well as Facebook, facebook.com slash from the back to dink. <laughs>